Wakanda forever! <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Basement Friday podcast. Unfortunately, you know, it's been a crazy week. It's been a sad week. But that's what we're here for to talk about it. But, yeah, of course, my name is Fonga Deli Jones. <laughs> it's your boy, Aaron Fornicetti. I'm coming live to you from Wakanda. Where black is always excellent. Oh, people are always flourishing. Always, 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 man. Let's go ahead and just get into the five minute rant. We we gotta get to the five minute rant, and you guys already know we're gonna get into this. Rest in peace, chat with Bozeman. I I don't think anyone was prepared for that. Then again, no one's prepared for anyone to die, but that just caught everybody as a shock. I think that was the biggest shock since Kobe. You know what's crazy? You wanna know that? something crazy? My man LeBron made a good point. He made a good point. He was just like, so 2020 managed to take the Black Mamba and the Black Panther in the same year? He said, boy, 2020, boy, this this a, this a nasty seat. This a nasty year, right? I said, damn. I didn't think they took the Black Mamba and the Black Panther. I mean, they take it black lives too, so. I guess this ain't all year though, man. Hey, look, man. I mean, and we're not trying to make a joke, but it's just, this is not black people's year, bro. This is not, this is not At our year. At all. Man. This is not our year. It's like, not our season. It's not our year right here, man. It's like, like 2020 is one of them, one of them, uh, it's one of them years where it's just like, you can't go like, you can't go like, all right, something like, that's like saying like when Michael Jackson passed or something, like, that was like a significant moment of 2009. Mm-hmm. And now that hit everybody, you know, when Nipsey died. But now it's like 2020, it's literally somehow in January, February, March, April, May, June. You look like, yo, I need y'all to slow down for a second. 2020 <laughs> just gets wilder and wilder. I mean, did you see, did you hear, actually, well, did you see the article about there were sharks swimming in a volcano? No. What, what, what is this, sci-fi? Like, I, <laughs> I was like, what kind of Sharknado stuff is this? But apparently there's an article. I don't know if it's real or not, but, you know, people make up stuff all the time. I don't know if it's real, but someone said it's sharks swimming in a volcano. And I'm just like, yeah, that okay. Sound, that just sound fake. I ain't gonna lie. That just sound fake. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like the onion type stuff. But there's also uh, an article that came out where people were talking about a meteorite supposed to be coming to Earth, striking the Earth around election season. It's like, of all times, election season. Of all times. Like, I feel like they just make stuff up just to rile people. Just to get get people, you know, shock and all. Man, listen, man. To my man, Chad, with... That was that was a that was a that was a heartbreak right there for most of us because this was a dude that legit worked in silence. You know what I mean? My man worked through his pains. He was he went through he was going through a lot. Like for him to be going through that and not tell nobody. And as as hard as as much as this dude was working, like you you talking about a dude that did Jack that did Jackie Robinson, Thurgood Marshall, James Brown. And some other movies, and it's like then on top of that he was doing the Avengers. He did all the crossover Avengers. He did his own movie. It was like yo, this dude was always working. Yeah, and for him not to say nothing about it, 
it's kind of like a yo, you you a true hero. You definitely a true hero, man. Like I mean, when I seen Chadwick on the show um, Lincoln Heights, they used to come back on ABC. So when you go back, when you go back watching shows like that, then you see him now, just be like, man, this dude is. This dude, this this dude was young back then. I for him to be only be forty three, that's way too young. That's Absolutely. way too young, man. But man, rest in peace, Chadwick, man. You always gonna be the Black Panther over here, brother. Yeah, no For one sure. even knew. That's the crazy thing about it. No one even knew. Uh, he just continued life, and that's what caught everybody off guard. Because it'll be one thing if we knew he had colon cancer. Yeah. And something, and we seen him like deteriorating, and then he passed. We will be sad, but we wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, I, I think I think that's what got everybody. The fact that no one knew, and it just caught us off guard because we would have been like, "Dang, it got him," you know, resting in peace. But we was just like, first of all, wait, he had colon cancer. Like and, this, like this would be this would be on the on the on the on the lines of like Magic Johnson. Right. Like we know Magic Johnson has HIV, and it's like if it got if it get him, you'd be like, "Dang, we finally got Magic." Yeah, because like we already knew you had it, and mm-hmm. you know we know you've been dealing with it, mm-hmm. so it won't cause. But like, if it catch us off guard and be like, "Wait, Magic died from what? He had that this whole time?" Right. You'd be like, "Dang, like, dang, he ain't tell nobody." Yeah, uh, he, throughout all his movies, he, uh, Get On Up, which was the James Brown movie. Yeah. Uh, of course, Black Panther, uh, through all his other projects. I think, what was it called? 21. 21 Bridges. 21 to the 21, Bridges. 21 Bridges. He had so many projects he was out. But I think as far as, uh, his most infamous role, his most famous role, actually, Black Panther, it's just... The fact that he inspired so many people and that wave back in 2017 of you see people going in their kente claws and their African garments to the movie theaters and he made so many people, uh, young black men and women, kids, older people, proud to be black and then created a movement, right? And I think that's where his legacy lies, just as someone who's a great actor, someone who helped black people be that much more comfortable, that much more proud to be black. So I think that is his legacy, along with just being a tied to actor. And I think Denzel Washington can attest to that. Yeah, man. Like, like Denzel basically, he oh he oh he wanted to be just like Denzel Washington. Like, I ain't gonna lie to you. I think every black male actor want to be like Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington is one of the smoothest actors in Hollywood. I don't care what y'all say. If I was acting, I want to be like, I want to be like Denzel because this little pointing thing he always yeah. this little pointing thing, and you know I don't know what this is. Somebody <laughs> tell Denzel what this is right here. Did Howard University uh put out a press release? Cause Chadwick went to Howard, right? I think they did though. I yeah. think they put one off on. Okay, that's good. But, you know this right here. Right here. <laughs> This is an all y'all. Send y'all to Pelican Bay. Case of all you. 
All right, but what we're going to do, we're going to get started to our topics. And the first topic is talking about protesting. You guys seen what happened to uh, Jacob Blake, which is another young black man who uh, got murdered by the police, unfortunately. So we're back to protesting. And you see that the NBA and WNBA, respectively, and even the uh, MLB, mm-hmm. a lot of sports te- teams, a lot of sports leagues are protesting, standing out in games, not returning to justice is served. So I want to get your opinion on everything that's going on right now. First and foremost, first person, first order of business I want to go out to Mike Pence. You can sit your ass down <laughs> and you can shut the hell up. Now, with that being said, because he was the first one that came out his mouth talking about some when the NBA players and WNBA players, just sports in general, when they mm-hmm. all decided to say, you know what, we don't want to play no more. He's going to talk about some, well, this is just silly and absurd. You are silly and absurd, Mike Pence. Now, I'm all for the protest. I'm all for the riots. Because let's be, let, let, not, not the riots particularly, but I'm all for the protest. Because let's be real. We control entertainment. Black people control entertainment. There's it, it, no way around. Especially something like sports. We dominate sports. So, when you le- when you legit got us sit, we just gonna sit and say, "Hey, look, man, I don't want we don't want to play anymore." But it's bigger issue to deal with. Now that get now that gives the world a focus. Now that gives us now that puts the world some awesome. Damn, they really just gonna cancel the season like that to the protest? Yes, it's literally that serious. Now you understand how we get our message across because we can't we can't just go from we can't just be like, oh, well, you know, no, this is why we march. This is why we protest." When you got people like LeBron James saying, for real, for real, cancel the season. Like, we don't want to play no more until we get till we get justice around here. That has a lot of people on the on the edge of their seats, like, ho, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute, y'all about to cancel the season for this? You got you got teams just walking off the court. You got teams just they 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 come out, they come out, probably do a little little head nod. You know. After that, they walk off the court, they're like, oh, we wasn't planning on playing. We just want to come out here and pay all the respects, <laughs> you know, a little moment of silence. All right, y'all, we're going back to the locker room. So again, you, when you got when you got team owners, when you got lead owners, and they see that, they just shows like, look, sports is a player league. At the end of the day, it's a player league because players control the narratives. I don't care how much money you make, without your players, you can't go nowhere. As an owner, you can't go nowhere. You can't do nothing. So, I'm all I'm all for the protests. I'm all for the movement. They just had like a little a march on Washington. You saw you saw my man out. Uh, not out. Yeah, it was out. Out Sharpton. Yeah. So you seen a little you seen a little movement. Now, however, however, when we get we we, we cover the positives. What's the dude named Cal? The dude with the dude with the assault rifle. Now, however, you can't tell me with a straight face. Stuff like this, this is what we're fighting for. Because there's no way in hell you let this white boy walk around with a damn assault rifle. My man just out here just walk around with assault rifle, walking past the cops. Yeah, I'm about to go murder some people. I'll be back. What? And then y'all see why we get upset because this man, this man went across state lines with an assault rifle. K 
killed a couple of people, then go turn himself in. I'm sorry, what? Walk past the cops, I'm sorry, what? Then I'm seeing an article, they said his mother was the one that drove him up there. Well, take her ass too. Go grab her woman ass too. Because there's no way in hell, this is the justice we talk about. This is what we fighting for because we're sick and tired of seeing this. They probably not even lock dude up forever. They gonna sit there and probably tell him, oh, he need to go to a mental hospital and go about his day. You know what I mean? He got first, he got first degree, first degree murder. All right. All right, whatever the case may be, nobody care. They're like, yeah, they're like, ah, we, I don't really care. No, we care. This is what we're fighting for. And for the damn cops, y'all didn't kill Brother Jacob. Not even kill him. Y'all didn't even kill him. Y'all paralyzed the man. Y'all paralyzed that brother. Shot this man in it. I'm going to let my man hear it, though. I was about to say something so I'm about to say something so off the wall, but I'm I'm, I'm gonna let my man go. I don't I don't know if they said uh I don't know if I said earlier that he died. I think I said the situation with uh Jacob Blake, but I just want to make it clear that he's not dead. Fortunately, he's still uh he's paralyzed. But he's paralyzed, and they also came up with an uh, article and on television saying that he was apparently handcuffed to the bed, the hospital bed that he was in. So I'm not sure what kind of uh, treatment he's receiving in the hospital, but I just hope that, you know, he gets decent doctors, you know, to unhandcuff him. I don't know what's going on inside the uh, hospital, but as far as this situation, I don't know if you've seen a video. Uh, most of you people on social media have seen the video and seen what happened. There was controversy onto whether he had a knife, who was the kid, uh, what were they doing there? He was apparently breaking up a fight. And from what I seen in the video, he was walking, getting back into his car. Then the cop came over and shot him point blank behind the back. So as far as protesting and everything that we're trying to stand for, in my personal opinion, do I think anything is going to change? No, I don't think anything is going to change. I think it's wishful thinking for things to change, but Let's see the writing on the wall. Uh, Martin Luther King, uh, we just came off, uh, I believe, Saturday was the March on Washington. Mm. Saturday was the March on Washington. And we just came off of that. The original March on Washington, Martin Luther King was fighting for the same thing. They gunned him down. And the thing he was fighting for, the very uh, values of life for Black people he was fighting for, we're continuing to fight for every day. Nothing's changed. The only thing that changed was the year. The, that's the only thing that changes in time is the year where I feel like as time goes on, we'll constantly be fighting to the end of time. We'll be protesting to the end of time. Uh, these protests are momentary and it's not to discredit the protests. It's to discredit the society. We protest when we feel things are wrong. We protest when we desire change and we want to see a different outcome than what we're experiencing right now. But for uh, the powers that be, the owners of the teams, the government, the way uh, the, the, the system is designed in each and every company, not company, but country, th there won't be any real change because they don't want to see change. And as long as those people are in power, there's not going to be any change. I think 
what we have to do as a people is try to put ourselves in leadership. That's our best chance of change. Not to beg them to change because they're not going to change. We have to put ourselves in leadership and try to uh, create change from within. As many people who want change, who have the position of power, that's the best chance we have at seeing the America, seeing the world how we want it. Now, I just want to know, you know, for cops, you know, my thing is I want to ask you because the last couple of the last couple of people you guys have gunned down, y'all have shot these people in front of their kids. Do y'all not have any heart? Like you see kids in a car, you still just open fire like ain't nothing happened. Oh, it's just another day on the job. This goes back to what I keep saying when it comes to detain. It's a diff it's different. So what y'all basically tell us when we see these things is it's different procedures when it comes to detaining black people and white people. It's a big difference. Yeah. Because you look at all you look at the comments that was on the scene when he was walking back to his car. You tell me could none of y'all detain this dude. None of y'all could detain this dude. So your first your first order of business was I'm gonna just shoot him. Some people gonna sit there and say, somebody was telling me all they say is taser the dude, uh, the cop taser wasn't working. He know the difference between a taser and a gun. Let's be all the way real. He know the difference between the two. You know what I mean? They don't really like they they look similar, but come on now. You know the difference between a taser and, and your and your standard firearm. Come on, man. And so to see stuff like that, it's kind of like all right. So, like, like my man said, and again, we fight for the same things. We've been fighting for these things for years, you know. And I, and again, what, what my man said, do we think change is gonna happen? Not gonna lie to you, no. And here's what, here's what I'm gonna bring an interesting point up because the last time I was on a job, you know, a person just walked up to me. He was, he was, he was, he was, a, he was a patient at my job. He just walked up to me and just was like. Now, I don't know what it's like to grow up black. I had to, I was about to be like, now, nah. in my mind, I was just like, choose your words wisely after what you just said. Because when you yeah. start a conversation with, I don't know what it's like to grow up. I don't know what it's like to grow up black. But he was just like, I, I don't know what it's like to grow up black. But what, but what I'm seeing, what I'm seeing as far as all these shootings, he said it's just wrong. He said, I feel like, he said, I feel like I should just be apologizing to every black person. Let me stop you right there. That's all cool and dandy. You walk around, you can walk around apologizing to every black person that you walk, that you walk past, you run into. It don't make a difference. We ain't asking for apologies. We don't want your apologies. You know what we want? We want change. You know? Basically, with black people as well as again. You, you you got you got white you got white folks. They wanna they wanna be they wanna be with us. They wanna be they wanna be our friend. They wanna do all these things with us. But when things like this come about, when black people are getting killed by the cops and all that, y'all know where to be found. So if you want you want to talk to me about apologies. I feel like you know I should apologize to all black people. No, when things like this go on, now is the time to step up. Now is the time to speak the word. Now it's that time for you to get on the front line and say, hey man, why why are you killing black people? That's what we want. We, like I said, we like we it's either you with us or against us. 
That's really all it is with us. Either you with us or against us. You apologize to me don't mean you with us. That's just basically trying to say like, hey, listen, man, Aaron, I'm, I'm so sorry, man. All right, I'm so sorry. And he told about he trying to make it seem like it's a. He said, I wish all these old, these old prejudiced white people would would, would die. I'm sending I'm sending things to myself I'm like, old white old white prejudiced racist people. If if they die, that you think racism is gonna stop? No, racism is a generational thing. So that's like basically that's like basically saying if they're racist, they taught their kids to be racist. They're teaching their grandchildren to be racist. It's gonna keep going over and over again with white people being a majority. Racism is never going to end. It's, it, it's, it's that's not going nowhere. Stereotypes that's not going nowhere. Yeah, and the fact that someone made up an interesting point on social media, they said they can't even look at the American flag the same because when they see the American flag, they think of racism and how racism has been ingrained in the American culture and how America was birthed out of racism, how America was birthed out of hate, how America was birth out of injustice, basically. Uh, when you talk about slavery, everything that happened with that, that's the crux of what happened to start America, to get America built the way we see it now. And we don't want white guilt. Like what you experienced with the, uh, the gentleman right there, uh, we don't want white guilt. We want change. We want uh, accountability. And what I see with a lot of these companies and a lot of these uh, places like Netflix and Google and all your uh, uh, companies that you shop for and Target and things like that, where it's like, it's nice that you guys are saying the quotes and the BLM and all your hashtags and your emojis. That's nice, but we don't want virtual signaling. That's exactly what it is. And we don't want that. We want change, you know? And if you look at the companies from the inside and look at the board members, you will see interesting uh, additions to their boards. Their boards are mainly still all white, but you will see some black person, you know, who got a role, uh, director of diversity or chief of diversity, which is basically saying, hey, we got black people on our team. We're good, right? And that's not how it should be. Put people on the board, make the board diverse. And I know a lot of people from uh, the VC world, they're starting to change how they do business. They say, if the team is not diverse, we're not investing. Uh, if the team doesn't really have any inkling of a race or how they operate, we're not investing. So I know from that industry, they're trying to create change in this virtual signaling everywhere you go. But at the end of the day, the message is the same. We want change. So I'm, I'm going to pick back up off that because that's actually a great point when you say, you know, you do got these companies that do feel like, oh, we got, we got about three black people on the team. That's good enough, right? That's that's good enough. We got three. We got about three blacks. Well, she's half black, or he's half black, and I think his, his grandfather was black or something. Do that count? All right, cool. That's how that's how they look at. It. You know, they don't want to put black people in power, but they're expecting black they expecting black people to carry the workload. You know what I'm saying? 
We like why is why is there no why are there no lot why is there not a lot of black like CEOs at Fortune 500 companies? Cause again, look at the world that we live in. Once they once some companies they don't want to do business because some companies see like who's in charge. If you go to a business meeting and they just be like, they might shake my hand first and they be like, I got a black man running this company. Mm, can't I can't I can't put my money in here. Yeah. Damn. That's that's how that's how some companies look at it, all because of your skin color, you know. And you and again, we had our first black president. We was ecstatic. We made history. We made history. Y'all didn't like, but of course you had those you had those traditional white people that was so among. Oh, we need to get we need to get that nigga out of office. We need. They was they was upset that he was in office. Them eight years they was upset for eight whole years. He ain't doing nothing. He ain't doing that monkey, ain't doing nothing. That's how you got old white, you got them old traditional racist white folks that don't that don't want change. They wanted to stay a white man's world. That's how they wanted the world to stay white. You know, you got the lady, uh, what's her name, Kamala Harris. I mean, sister, we with you, but you're not with us. That's the problem. Like, we with you. We want to see, you know, we want to see a lady vice president. We want to see all that, but you're not with us. <laughs> That's what the problem is. You're not with us. But I mean, at the end of the day, are we ever gonna get the change that we're looking for? Honestly, for me personally, it's it's, it's gonna be no. And and I'm gonna say this live on my podcast. And you know, if I hurt some feelings, I'ma hurt some feelings. That's my job as a, as a podcaster. To my cousin, listen up, Shelly. Listen up. I don't know. You know, you you see the world different than I do. You know, I, you see the world a lot different than I do. You know, you looking at it. You looking at it more as a why can't we be unified and why can't we do this? That's not how the world works the world don't want us unified at the end of the day i move i move the way i move people judge me because of my skin color people see you like again you're african-american but yet you trying to put on this you trying to put on this this uncle tom approach to be like so i can fit in with them right like i didn't see in the light no don't turn your back on your own people Trying to like trying to impress up, trying to impress a gr another group. You turn your back on your own people. You know you manage your own family for what reason? So at the end of the day, just like just, just like Sam Cook said, man, change gonna come, but it's just a matter of when and where. It's 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 definitely uh, unfortunate that we haven't seen change, but. The reason why there is no change is because there will have to be a relinquishing of power, the power structure of white supremacy that's going on is apparent. It's a white man's world. So for change to happen, they will have to release some of that power. They will have to release uh, the stronghold that they hold over the world. And if you're in charge of something and you have domination over how things work, you're not going to really let that go, especially if you held that power over years and years and years. You're not going to let that go. 
And that's why change is not going to happen because change will cause uh, other races other than white people to have an equal playing field. And the fear of if they have an equal playing field, they might come together and we might be overtaken and we can't have that. So at the end of the day, that's the reason why change isn't happening. So let me ask you a question. What if what if what if blacks were the majority? What if, if this was if this was a, a if this was a black man's world, let's change that whole phrase from white man's world. If this was a black man's world, what would the world look like? I think knowing black people, uh when you ask that question, may I see some insight onto are we talking the same scenario as in how the world is right now? Or yeah. are we talking about how uh, black people are? No, just all together. Uh, it'll all be the same thing. All together. It'll be the same thing. If, if, it was the, if the only thing that was different was the skin color, it'll be the same thing. It'll be the same outturn, uh, no matter what uh, race you are. But if you looked at how people are, as a race, I think we will be more open knowing how black people are more accepting, how black people are more uh, inclusive, how we're more likely to let everybody, you know, in our circle. I think we will have a, you know, we will have a more open society worldwide. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I, I agree with, it. I definitely agree. I think, I think if it was a, a, a black man's world, you know, or blacks were the majority. I think we would definitely see, I would, it would be, we would see things differently because of the simple fact that even if you want to leave the structure as, yeah, they took us from, like, we had, we still went through slavery and all that, but the world just changed to us becoming majorities. I think, you know, I think, like, black people, if we, if we were the majority, like, the, the world would be, the world would definitely be open because of the simple fact that, we look at our struggles and say, hey, look, we look, look, we had to, we had to come from the ground up. Like we had to, we legit had, our ancestors had to build this country, had to take weapons and all that stuff. So when we see the when, when, especially, if, especially if it's, if it's more black presidents, you know, more, I want to say more better black mayors, because there are black mayors, but it's just more better ones. We will be open to suggestions. Like if someone, if they send us a suggestion, hey, you need to clean up this street. We'll be walking the streets, just be like, all right, we might need to fix this. We might need to do this. We'll be in some of the roughest neighborhoods, just like, man, this can't. This, we we can't live like this no more. We're gonna have to fix this. Like we're gonna have to we're gonna take changes. We're gonna put some paint paint some pictures or something around here because this this it's, it this is like the bottom of the barrel. This is like this is like a war zone over here. I mean, if you think about it, uh, when we had Black Wall Street, if that was a global thing, I think the world might look like Wakanda <laughs> if we're yeah. really talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, but at the end of the day, they don't, that power, that power, they don't want us to have that power because they already know. Once we, like, once we, be, once it become an equal playing field, oh, it's a wrap. Yeah. It's a wrap. And history has uh, proven that. Yeah. Cause just just imagine if if we if we on the equal playing field and we step off and say, all right, you know what? We don't need to, we don't need to play in the NBA no more. We go create our own league. 
We don't need the, the NBA, WBA. We don't need y'all networks. We go start creating our own stuff, and they're going to be like, like, what? What? Yeah, you see how uh, everything, how Black people set the tone, so they can't allow that. You know, Black people set the tone, but Black people don't hold the power. So if yeah. Black people had that power, what, what would they need them for? It's a wrap. Yeah. They just need us. They just need us for entertainment and selling tickets. Yeah, black That's all people. They need us for. Black people bring in the money. So what we're going to do is we're going to get into our next topic, and we're going to talk about the election season. Uh, we were just talking about uh, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and Donald Trump and everything that's going on. How crazy is it, everything that's going on with this election season? Uh, are you voting? Or are you not voting? Uh, what are your opinions on the two candidates? I'm going to vote. I'm going to have to because as much as, as much as I don't like Joe Biden, as much as I don't like him, and as far as this, this, this Kamala Harris lady, judged by her track record, I don't think I would want her in the office. And that's not me being on something. Oh, well, you know, you don't want a lady being in the office. No, just look at her track record. It don't look like it don't look like you want her in, in anybody's office. Because mm -hmm. real, for real, if, you, if she is, if she gets in the office, she locking everybody up. Right. And she like she gonna lock everybody. I'm gonna just be real. Like, I want to see. I want to see a female. I want to see a female uh, president, vice president. I want to see it all. Like. My my ideal candidate who should have ran was Michelle Obama. Me yeah. personally. Should have been Michelle Obama. But we got this lady and judging by our track record, I mean, this is who we gotta work with. But as far as my 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 whole opinion about the election, I think I think between twenty sixteen, not even twenty sixteen, because yeah, twenty sixteen was a little eh iffy year, whatever the case may be, 2020 alone by itself has set the tone for election. Because let's be real. Let's, let's, let's keep it all the way 100. From the time you knew that COVID was popping off, this man Donald Trump legit has sat back and did absolutely what? Nothing. He just kept down. He literally downplayed COVID for the last, for like the first, I want to say like two and a half, three months, he downplayed. He was just like, Oh, it's just a virus. It's just a virus. You know? <laughs> That's exactly That's a voice on point. It's just a virus. <laughs> it's like, like he's been he legit been downplaying it, John, for the last two and a half three. It's just a virus. <laughs> <laughs> the voice. <laughs> <laughs> but so, I know for a simple fact that came come election time, he can't we can't be real with a straight face thinking like. I got this year in the bag. <laughs> I got this year in the bag. You know, we, we've been doing a lot. We've been putting in a lot. I'm just like, no, <laughs> no. You know, like, I think, I think 2020, if he comes out of 2020 reelected, something's wrong. Something's wrong with this picture. Because let's be real. My man, ain't, my man has not done nothing during a pandemic. He's not helped nobody. He's legit been sitting back. He's been sitting back there doing his own thing, just like, well, if people die, people die. That's how it is. That works. Was it low far quiet? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and he's just like, people die. Like, we're going to reopen the economy. 
people dying, people die. You don't well, you don't say stuff like that. If that's how you feel, keep that to yourself. You like, look, man, we're gonna reopen. We can't afford we can't afford this debt no more. But if you you making it public, hey, if people die, people die. Come on, man. And when you already going through a, a, a we already in a state of crisis. And the first thing you saying is, listen, y'all got to get back to work. I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn. You get it, you get it. Oh, well. So, and then with, with Joe Biden, Joe Biden ain't making, he not making us believe him anymore because, again, that man, my man can barely talk. My man can barely form sentences. Then on top of that, then on top of he's just like, he already like, <laughs> I see the basement Friday. I got their vote. <laughs> black people, I got their vote. <laughs> I got a black lady now. Look, look, look. See the black lady? I got the black lady now. <laughs> Woo! We ain't about to get <laughs> I got all the black people. And then you just saying some dumb stuff like, you be like, nah. If you got to, hey, you know, Aaron, if you got to choose between me and, and me and Trump, <laughs> you're not black. <laughs> you're not black at all, sir. <laughs> you just like, whoa. You like, whoa. Like, if I don't vote for you, then that means I don't vote at all. But at the same time, it's like, this one of the elect- election years that you just be sitting back like, yeah, I don't want to vote. But if I don't vote, look what we might end up with for another four years. That's just me. But I'm 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 a, I'm, I'm a James Harden that thing to my family. <laughs> At the Euro step, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just think for the sake of comedy, can you imagine not voting for Biden and then waking up, all your uh, melanin is missing? You are like, well, I be damned. <laughs> he was right. You <laughs> were like, I should have voted for Biden, but no. Uh, this election season is definitely crazy. Uh, people are definitely at each other's necks with the tension going on with the uh, COVID situation and everything that's happening, people are definitely at each other's necks with who they're voting for. And if you vote for Trump, you hate America, you hate everybody, you're evil. And then you have people who's like, if you vote for Biden, oh, you're kissing everybody's butt, you want these things that don't even matter. And people just going back and forth. It's so crazy how everything just tenses up as we get closer to election season. And, you know, with the situation you say with Kamala Harris, uh, you look at her track record and it's not a good one. And you look at all your competitors and including the people on the Green Party or Independent Party, uh, Jill, and you have the quote unquote birthday party from Kanye West, where uh, people might not take him seriously or they might not take Jill seriously because Jill isn't someone who's well-known on the uh, party list. But the two prominent uh, competitors, you have Jill, uh, not Jill, but Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. It It's definitely going to be a spectacle. It's reality TV at its finest, honestly. It's, I don't know, you know, I think as crazy as America is, and I would say this on the podcast, as crazy as America is, I would not be surprised that Donald Trump get reelected. I won't be surprised. Look at how America is. I won't be surprised. I think uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are taking the uh, uh, page out of uh, Hillary Clinton's book. When you seen her 
in 2016 when she was running for president and appealing to the black vote and how she was doing it. Now, I'm gonna just say right now, America, we don't need another four years of Trump, Pence, make America great, all that stuff and kiss my ass right now. We don't need none of that for another four years. And it's crazy how all my white people, all my white folks, listen up. I want y'all to listen clear to me. I understand that some of y'all are so Republican that that's your party. Now, granted, I like I don't represent the Republicans. I don't represent the Democrats. I re- I represent the Funky Party. That's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I just did. I just you know me. You know, that's just me. I, I, I'm not affiliated with the parties. You know, I definitely damn sure don't vote Republican because of the simple fact that they cater to a certain demographic and a certain economic standards. So that's why, again, you don't vote for them. I don't vote for them people. You know, all due respect, if a black Republican dude was on the, was running, I probably still won't vote for you because I know who you cater for. Now, with that being said, you guys heard Trump for the last four years. And because of the simple fact you guys are Republicans, you were like, wow, Trump is really an asshole. Wow. Then come, then come to the ballot, Trump, Trump, Trump. <laughs> Thank you, Wade Foops. <laughs> like, so it, it really, it really don't really, especially with white people being the majority, understand this. I can't be, I can't be in not in 50 states at one time to help them out. You know, my vote only counts in Maryland. I can help Maryland win. That's the best we can do. You know, that's the best we can do personally. I go to a library and put my vote in and go about my day. Then look at the news and say, well, Maryland won Democrat the, the Democrats win in Maryland. I'm just like, yes. That's all I can contribute is yes. You still you still got the super the super racist Republican states, you know, Florida, <laughs> Texas, <laughs> Texas, places like Pennsylvania. Them the places that like really, really seem to matter the most. What those called the swing states. <laughs> well, knock this out the park. Got us another vote right here for the Republicans. <laughs> but at the end of the day, come election time, guys, I know I normally don't encourage people to vote. I don't. Because sometimes like sometimes presidents they don't really sway me enough to be like, you got my vote. I don't, they don't sway me enough for that. But the way the world has been for the last four years, I'm going to need everybody to go vote. I'm going to need everybody to get your ass up and go vote. Get your ass up and go vote. Well, uh, you, you think Diddy going to come out with them T-shirts, vote or die? I don't know. Like They, um, they had it in uh, 2004. They was going hard with them campaigns. But just, just keep, and listen, if y'all don't want to vote for me, at least get Donald Trump out of there. That's all I'm going to say. Wakanda fell. <laughs> That's totally fair. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. If you don't want to vote for me, at least get him up out of there. Do me that solid. Do me a favor. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to go into our next topic. We're going to talk about virtual life. Uh, living virtually the world has changed because of uh, COVID and everything that's going on right now. So you notice how sports came back, but they mm. weren't 
the same type of sports. Mm -hmm. Something was missing a big part of sports, and that's the crowd. The crowd was missing. So I noticed on TV, uh, the NFL, the, not NFL, but the NBA, WNBA, uh, WWE, a lot of uh, sports-oriented shows don't have any crowd. So we are basically in a virtual world where everybody's looking through a screen uh, and it's going to impact the future and people don't really know when the end is in sight. And you see some uh, organizations are trying to uh, buy by the rules and go by the skin of the teeth where some uh, counties only allow 10 people, some only allow 100 people. So they're trying to get quote unquote back to normal as possible. So with this virtual world we're heading towards, uh, how is your intake on looking at sports, viewing everything like the election, uh, the, uh, the, the conference that happened with the Republicans and the Democrats, all of that was virtual. So what is your intake on the virtual life? I'm not even gonna lie to you. I'm not a fan of virtual living. I don't. I'm, it's, 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 it, it don't give the same value as just being in like a crowd, you know? Because let's take sports because I'm a big sports guy. You know, you putting, you putting the NBA and the WNBA in a bubble just to bring sports back. If that was the safest way to do it, I'm all for it. But watching an NBA game and you see virtual fans, it's not the same thing. It's really not the same thing. Like literally all you hear on TV is people's shoes squeaking on the floor and the ball bouncing. <laughs> that's, really all, that's really all you hear. It's so awkward. Shoes squeaking <laughs> up and down the court all day long. It don't give the same impact as, it don't give the same impact as fans being in the script. That's like, that's like hitting a clutch game winner and you being at the game. Like, you know, you, do you know how that feeling is? Like the whole crowd, the whole stadium will be will erupt. But if somebody hit a game where you got the you you relying on the commentary to hype that one play up. No disrespect with the commentary, man, but it's just not the same feel. It's not the same feel. Like they try to bring like I think got like college uh, college football debuted just debuted last week, and literally they're playing football. In a, a empty, uh, empty ass stadium. I literally only seen probably like seven people in the stands, and, and I ain't gonna lie, them probably faculty members. They probably ain't no students. Them faculty members. So yeah. can you imagine? Can you just imagine an empty, like as big as a football stadium is? Can you imagine that jump being empty and you playing football? That like that just that just drains the point out of. That just drains the point out of uh, out of a sports game. I don't know how many people have been to a live sports game I've been to. I've been to NBA games. I've been to football games. I've been to college basketball games. Trust me. It is nothing better than the fans. The game is good. The fans is what gives the game 10 times. It gives the game more life. But I ain't going to get too heavy into the sports now. Because hold on, Jesus. <laughs> hold on, Jesus. But – even when you, even if you look past, even when you look past sports, you look at like virtual learning for kids. You expecting a kid to sit at a laptop for eight hours a day to learn? 
what? No. You can't expect you can't expect kids to sit on a laptop eight hours a day. You know, then y'all, you know, y'all getting mad because they put they walking up to class with their PJs on and bonnets on. They sitting in the house. They, they, what you want them over there? Let me put my shirt. Let me put a, a good shirt on. Let me put some jeans on. And then when class is over, you are going right back to sleep. So I'm I'm not understanding like the, this virtual world, whether it's sports, whether it's school. You got to do job interviews online now. You sitting there looking like, you like, everything is virtual. Like, this is, this is crazy. Like, again, you got me, you got me and my man, Aaron. Now, we, again, we're doing, we're on, we're, this is virtual. You know, instead of us just being in the same room and like, we're, and us recording, this is us doing it virtual. So, you know, just to like to keep things safe, just to stay on protocol, like this is how the world has, this This is the way the world is at, is right now. And this is probably how the world is going to be probably for the next, probably like year and a half, probably next year and a half. Like you probably, you, we probably not looking at your probably like 20, like early, like late 2021 or early 2022 before this, over, unless, we get a new president, presidential candidate, and they come up with a solution that's gonna let us go back to the way the world is, and that's to function normal. Otherwise, ladies and gents, boys and girls, you better get comfortable on your phones and your computers, because we're gonna be virtual for for probably another year. I just I just think uh, what you talked uh, about on uh, virtual learning and sports and jobs, it's definitely an adjustment. And I think the long-term effects aren't going to be good because the way uh, this uh, situation has happened, it's robbing people of human connection. And that's something everybody needs, human connection. Uh, if you are used to going into work and chatting with coworkers or meeting people going out to restaurants and just uh, concerts, even the situation with concerts and you're going out, you're meeting people, you're enjoying the music, you're going to a sports, you're enjoying the atmosphere, you're cheering, you're booing, you know, you're uh, spilling your beer, your drinks all over each other and wearing your favorite jersey to support your team. It's just not the same, everyone's at home. And it's very, uh, if you look at it, very depressing, very Orwellian. Uh, and uh, it's, it's just something that when you look at what they're saying, that we're going to be here for a while. And, you know, that's making everybody uh, frustrated and miserable because they're not letting us out. They're not letting us uh, back in the restaurants, not letting us go back into the society it was before. It's something that's not going to be the same like uh, my sister who recently started her uh, first day of high school. And mm -hmm. I know for us experiencing that, that was a big moment. And for her, she didn't get to experience it in the same way. Even graduation. Uh, I think my, one of my sisters who graduated the year before got lucky. She was very fortunate to have graduated in a world that was still open. And my uh, younger sister didn't get that chance, didn't get that privilege. So I just think a lot of situations where you have funerals even, and people aren't getting a chance to see their loved ones. 
you know, they have to watch him on the screen. And I think that's what stings people the most. So this virtual world is not a great world. I think it's very soul crushing, to be honest. I think it's very downheartening because we have to spend our life looking at a screen forcibly, not just looking at a screen on our phone and having the option. Like there are some events where you watch, watch sports on TV, you know, where it's like, oh, I can go to the game, but I'd rather be at home and, you know, eat some carry out or whatever. We don't really have that option. We don't have that luxury to choose whether we want to go to a game or not. We just have to uh, do this. And it's, it's just, it's crazy. And see, when you, when, you, when you look at this virtual world, it, it's, it, it's not helping at all. The only way you can go out in the public world is if you have a mask on. We, like, as, as, as people, especially essential workers like myself, we're tired of going out in the world with a mask on. You can't go in a store if you ain't got a mask on. We like we want we want to get rid of the mask. We want to go back to life just being normal. Cause even let's take it back to sports. Prime example, you know, I'm not a, a, a Washington football fan, but I, I live around here. I live around. I grew up close to the stadium. You know how many games I've been to? You know, like the crowd. The crowd. The crowd makes the game more fun. I've been to games where they was getting blown out. But I'm over there interacting with the crowd, with the people. I'm not even a fan. I, I'm a Raiders fan. But because I live here, I'm just like, all right, I'm going to just go to the games, you know, just have fun with the people. The people, but the people make the game 10 times fun. Can you imagine a parent that would be forced to work work from home? Then they got their, ki then they got their kids. No disrespect to and, – and I'm going to speak for the parents because I know some parents going to say it. Some parents miss just being at the office. At least they get a little bit of peace and quiet. Yeah. A little bit of peace, at least, at least a little peace of mind. Yeah. Not them, not them working kids shoom, shoom, back and forth in front of them. You be like, you be like, God damn it. So, and and again, I'm glad he brought it up. When you got you got kids first day, first day and first grade. That's special. You going from you going from elementary to middle school. That's special. You know, you graduate from high school. That's special. You getting that degree. That's special. You know, I didn't have to. You didn't. You you didn't see these. You didn't see these. These these college players work their ass off, and they got to sit at home and watch themselves get drafted on TV. You know, what I mean, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing that being at like Radio Music Hall in New York, and you hear the commissioner who always get booed. By the way, good job in the field, but. It's nothing more better than hearing your name get you get picked. You get to walk across stage with your suit on. Get to shake the man hand. I don't, you don't care if you like him. Get to put your new team hat on. No, you gotta sit. At, you gotta sit at the house. Oh yeah, we're gonna ship you to Jersey because you know this is the team that drafted you. We we're gonna ship this to you. No, you gotta be, again these WNBA these WNBA players. These ladies right here, they work their ass off as well. You got their commissioner just holding the jersey. Congratulations. You're a New York Liberty now. I'm like, what? No. These ladies need to go up there just like that with the heels on, little business suits. They get to shake the lady hand. Because why? That's an accomplishment. And it's basically like you're robbing people for their accomplishments because, like, 
they got to do everything virtual. That's like basically saying my man Aaron get a promotion. He can't even, he can't even get the job to receive the promotion. He got to hear it over the phone. Hey, Aaron, good job, man. We're going to give you the job. Aaron's sitting at home like, that, like thank you, thank you. It, it's just not, it, it's not the same no more. Instead of you being at the office, you know, they, they celebrate you like, man, good job, Aaron, man, good job, man. Yeah, man, you always working hard. No, he got to get it from the, he got to get it from the executives like, hey, Aaron, man, we're going to move forward with you, man, in our marketing division. Aaron got to sit there with the look just, <laughs> thank you, sir. Thank you. You know, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Hang up, hang up the phone. <laughs> so, I mean, as far as this virtual living, you know, I'm not for it. I understand I ain't got no choice but to live like this, but we need to get back to normal. We need to get back to normal. That's just, I'm going to just keep it all the way real. I think uh, my final piece on this is it affects everybody across all aspects. Uh, for somebody who, like me, works from home, who've been doing it for uh, so many years, uh, no one is exempt, you know? Uh, having the option to work from home has been great, but we're still affected when we leave our house and we have to abide by the rules of the new society. And people, uh, parents, who have their kids, you know, if they were to work from home, whether you work from home or not, you get that peace and quiet because your kid's going to school. So you're like, okay, the house is quiet. I get to do this thing. Or you're going to work and you're like, okay, I get away from the kids. And parents will honestly tell you, no sugarcoating. That's the that's one of the greatest parts of the day. You right. know, they 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 don't have to see their kids 24 seven. Let's be honest, you know, no one wants to be you know, around a kid 24-7. We love our kids, but we don't want to be around 24-7. Always ask for apple juice and whatnot. Uh, it's just, you know, the realization that parents in the span of a few months having to go from just being a parent to being a PE teacher, being a teacher, having to relearn some stuff that they forgot for years and mm -hmm. didn't even know existed and to learn a whole new curriculum they've never heard of it's very stressful for the parent and you know you have the child who doesn't know and you have the parent who doesn't know so you have both people just looking at the screen and you have teachers <laughs> you have teachers who are like uh i don't know about this you know i don't know about this situation and i know our uh governor hogan who wanted schools to be back open soon, a lot of people were not happy about what was happening right now because the situation with COVID, they said, I feel it's too soon. I feel that you'll be putting a lot of people at risk. And that's something we don't wanna do. This whole situation is very touchy, but at the end of the day, this virtual world isn't, isn't gonna, uh, is, isn't a good look. It's just not. And how far we got to go, it's just more and more people being downtrodden as the day goes on. All I'm going to say is my final words, understand that this is a lifestyle now. Get used to it. Make the adjustment. Definitely. It's, you know, it's really no, as much as like, like myself and Aaron, you know, we're not fans of virtual, this virtual way of life. But 
if this is how if this is how we gotta make our money, if this is how we got to get through the day, if this is how we got to, you know, start a project or work on something big, something big, if this is how we gotta get it done, we gotta step up to the plate and make it happen. You know, if you gotta sit on your phone or, or computer business meeting for four hours, you know, man, ass hurt like hell in that chair. <laughs> Zooming the whole day. Yeah, more power to you, you know. That's just what you got. This is what we got to do now. This is just our way of living. And the ETA on when COVID is going to pass by, I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm not even going to lie to you because, again, I've been I've been through the, the swine flu, the staph infection, Ebola. All them Jones came and gone. So I thought, you know, this was going to be something that's like, it's going to last about three, four months maybe. And then, like, and they had a, a set time of when this Jones gonna be over. Honestly, bro, I don't like this Jones gonna be over no time soon in America. But this is the way we gotta live until until things go back to normal. It's, it's definitely unfortunate. And with that said, you know, uh, this whole situation is just a sign of the times where everything that's going on is very fortunate. But at the end of the day, we have to see the light we have to adjust to everything that's going on and do as people do and make the best of the situation and basically shine, you know, turn rocks into diamonds through pressure and to turn dirt into gold. We've done it in the past. We have to keep doing it. That's the way we build. That's the way we succeed as society to adapt and to create a brighter future for everybody around us. That's about as powerful as it's going to get. That's about as powerful as it's going to get. So at the end of the day, we had a good episode. But before I go, I got to get the mask out. I got to get the mask out. I have to. I have to. This one for you, Chad. Chadwick. Wakanda. What, what, what was my man saying in uh, Infinity War? Uh, the dude, I'm like, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm like, "Bah." laughs> the followers have not just stripped away. And now, forever live, Chadwick Boseman, great actor and a superhero forever in all of our hearts and in the Marvel Universe. It's your boy, Aaron Fornicetti. And it's your boy Funkadelic Jones, Monique Billings. I still love you, baby. Even <laughs> <laughs> win or lose, you know Funkadelic is here supporting you. But it's over. It's that song from Funkadelic Jones. <laughs> and we are out of here. We are homeless. <laughs>